y'all. I hope you're having another fantastic day. I am so excited for y'all to listen to this podcast episode. It was amazing. Um, my friend Miranda Glenville, um, we met in 2017. She was actually my FCA huddle leader, um, and we just connected um, again to do this podcast, and it was so much fun. She shared so many great bits of advice that you're going to love. It was so much fun. I learned so many things that I'm definitely going to use in my life, and I just want to pray that you guys truly listen to what me and her had to say and um, truly take into account what the Lord's trying to tell you and maybe even jot some bits down on what you got from it. So I truly hope you guys enjoy, and um, of course... You can always listen to on Spotify, and I think there's a few other websites like um, Anchor and Apple Podcasts that you can listen to. So I hope you guys enjoy because it was so much fun to film. So Miranda, um, I asked the same question at the beginning um, to everybody that I talked to, and it's, what has your faith life looked like so far? Yeah, good question. Um, My faith life... Um, when I think of it, I think of like a line graph. I don't know. I'm very analytical, I think. And I just imagine it like when I became a believer at 11 to now 24, it seems like it's like a line graph always going up, but naturally there's just like divots that go down at some points. Yeah. Like I'm constantly growing, but there are points where I think like when I'm in sin, it'll go down, you know, not for long, but then I go even stronger. So it's not that I plummet my faith. It's just like, Oh, that was a step back, and then I take like two steps forward. So I just feel like my faith life looks like that as a picture, but more granularly, it's like um, I accepted Christ when I was 11. And so from then, didn't grow up in the church. Um, my parents weren't believers, and my siblings weren't believers, and I was the youngest. And so um, I went to church one day with my grandma and accepted Christ like that same day. And so from then, it was like, oh my gosh, I am black and white with the scripture and just, I'm going to throw a purity ring on and I got this and like, okay, scripture says this and I was following it to a T, like totally just amped up for Christ at 11, which was great. And I like walked into seventh grade with a purity ring. People are like, what is that? And I'm like, oh, I'm saving myself for marriage. And like, saving what? You know, like nobody in seventh grade talks about that. (laughs) But then when I got to high school, you know, you're influenced by other people and I think I wanted to maintain the image of a Christian, but then like behind the scenes a little bit, I wanted to like tamper with sin a little bit, go to a party or drink here and there and like struggled in that way. Um, and then just pride and things like that were mainly my sin issues, but I always had faith in the forefront of my mind. Um, and naturally everyone struggles with certain sins, but mine were kind of a little hidden behind the scenes because I didn't want to have the image that I was struggling. Um, and did FCA and, you know, Fellowship of Christian Athletes and all those things. And then, um, which is how we met. Yeah. And then college um, just grew substantially with the Lord. And, like, I had a good group of women around me in my sorority at the time. And, you know, obviously college is hard, too, when you're underage and you're just all around all these influences and, um, you know, just kind of vulnerable in your faith. But I think, it, like I said, like with the bar graph or the line graph, it's just constantly going up. And then here I am now after college and life hits you hard after college and you just are learning a ton of new things and got married and it's just been um it's been really encouraging I would say and I think the word I would have for it would be just like steadfast yeah that's a good word um and that's a good way that you put it I've never heard anybody call it like a line graph thing I totally agree and I feel like you and me have some similarities 
um, and um, like I was the opposite. I grew up in the church. I went to private Catholic school my whole life until I got to college, and then I totally agree that um, uh, it's hard in high school and college if you want to live for Christ and people are trying to tempt you to do other things and even in college I'm almost a senior I still feel like that I was like whoa I'm not supposed to be doing this (laughs) and just trying to live for him and study the word every day is definitely can be hard and go up and down like you said so I like the way you explained it that was really good and steadfast is a good word so since you talked about marriage so now that you are married what's it like incorporating faith in marriage yeah um that is a good question and it's it's honestly everything and i know that that sounds really cheesy but it's true um i don't think that you can have a loving marriage without christ of course because god is love um but for my husband adam and i that's his name but we will you know constantly utilize our resources like on the bible app we'll find devos and you can like do them together read them together and then you can like share notes and talk about things so pretty much every week or every other week we find a new one that we could do for like seven days straight and we like make time to sit down and talk about it just so that we're in the word um but that's only like a supplement to what we you know are actually doing on our own time and reading in our own quiet room um but i think that's key incorporating faith i don't think starts with your husband i think it starts with yourself i agree having a quiet prayer time, quiet worship, and then making sure you find the time to read because, you know, Adam isn't God. And I think that um, for some women, especially me, I think it's easy to idolize your husband. And I've told that to my husband too. Like if I have an issue, I want to run to him and just complain to him about it or instead of praying or um, seek his opinion versus the Lord's or whatever he says about me, even if he wasn't in the word that day, you know, or if he was, it's like, I take it as hundred percent truth when maybe there wasn't the, you know, Satan was, speaking in that moment or one in that moment. So I think the best thing is to just constantly be pursuing the Lord individually. And then from a faith perspective, it's um, in a marriage perspective, it's, you know, daily pursuing the Lord. And if you don't, you can definitely tell there's just tension or there's just, you're not connected. And my favorite times with my husband are like, it sounds so cheesy, but it's so true. Um, it's like when we are praying or if we're at church together or if we're worshiping in the car and silence or doing a devotional I find that's when we're closest you know other things like our hobbies or working out or playing tennis or going for a run like that's fun we're connecting for sure or watching a show but it's like we're not growing necessarily so I think the Lord definitely blesses those times and you know if I said anything to anyone who's like single or in marriage I'm like you have to be pursuing the Lord yourself like as hard as you possibly can because it definitely affects your husband every day yeah for sure and Um, I definitely agree that I've heard from a lot of people that they've had struggles with putting their husband on a pedestal or putting Mm -hmm. their wife on a pedestal whenever, obviously, they're not God, like you said. And I think that's can be hard. I mean, I don't, I'm not married. I don't have any experience. So I, I think that's a good thing that you guys do the Bible app study and reading in the word, go to church. I think that's, I think that's very romantic, too. Just, oh, for sure. Yeah, going to church. Oh, I'm telling you, there's it definitely um, causes some steam heat if you're in some prayer and then you're just like more attracted, obviously, to them and you're like, wow, like this person's like pursuing the Lord. And as a Christian, there's nothing more attractive than that. You know, looks aside, abilities aside, money aside, like that's just monetary. But I feel like when you see your husband or wife like praying alone or even like serving or giving, you're like, oh, shoot, that's my husband. You know? Yeah, I, I mean, 
before, like, I really got into my faith, like, I used to think looks were all it needed to be, and when it's really not, and now the number one thing on my list is that he puts the Lord first, and that mm-hmm. he doesn't falter away from that, and knowing that I have a best friend, he's my partner, that I can have prayer time with, and talk to him and say, oh, hey, we need to pray right now and figure out a way to get over this. So I think that you and Adam doing your devotionals and on the Bible app and everything is just so adorable and such a good quality that both of you guys have are persistence and everything. So I think that's a really good thing to have in a marriage. Yeah, definitely. And yeah. I like how you, you mentioned too, like, like, I think looks is a big thing for people in college specifically or yeah. just being single. It's like, our eyes lead us to wherever we go. And for me, it's just like when you are single or you're curious about dating, even married people, you can struggle with this, but just like looking at other people or trying to like analyze your attraction based off of just the surface level. Um, And that is important. Like physical attraction definitely is important. And there's a lot of truth behind that, but also it's just like that fades away, you know, and beauty is bleeding. And one day I'm going to have a bunch of wrinkles. And so will he, and it's like, I will not look like this. And, you know, we work out now, but it may not happen forever. And who knows what pregnancy is going to do to my body. And, um, but it's like loving the person for them and for who they are in Christ first. And I think that's really key to hold on to when you're in your singleness. Yeah, for sure. I totally agree. And because I am single, I am definitely thinking about those things and putting it in a perspective of like what I actually want and what I need instead of like, you know, like those immature things like, oh, he has to look like this. He has to play sports and whatnot. There's a, Mm -hmm. like, it's more than just surface level, like you were saying. So I think um, that's a good thing to have that maturity as well. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So this kind of goes along with it, but um, before you guys were married, what was the best piece of relationship advice that you have been given? Yeah, it actually came from a podcast, so you're you're back here, Um, (laughs) but it came from the porch, and I can't remember, they have guest speakers coming all the time, Um, but the man who was speaking, he, you know, touched on compatibility, and this actually was when I was engaged, and so I think the enemy, you know, when you're in a spiritual relationship and you're pursuing the Lord, like, running towards Christ, the enemy is going to trip you every you know, right and left. And I think, um, I was believing a lot of lies during engagement. And so it was Adam and we shared that with each other, but, um, things like, Oh, you'll get divorced. Cause both of our parents are divorced or like, Oh, you're not going to be a good wife or you're a failure or all these things are, you know, you're not compatible. Look, see, he does this and you're nothing like that. He thinks this way. And so that's where Satan tries to get in your head. And I think, um, the best thing that this podcast said was compatibility. And he said, you are not going to marry the most compatible person for you. It's, it's not possible. Like, all the billions of people on the earth between men and, you know, and then women, if you like do the math and go down and down to the States, like they don't live in St. Charles, Missouri, where I'm at, you know, the most compatible person does not. And I met Adam near here. And so, um, the most compatible person for me probably lives across the ocean somewhere. And I just have never met him in Europe or something like that. Um, so I thought that was really eye opening because they said, you're not compatible, but it's more about compatibility. It's, you know, learning to love that person for who they are in Christ and who God made them to be and not changing them. And I think that, you know, people go into marriage all the time. And I had this mentality too, and I was single, I'm like, oh, like I'm not going into marriage. Like I'm not changing for anybody. Like I'm gonna always be Miranda, you know? And that's not healthy because change, I think is another word for 
um, sanctification. And so I think that we take change from a worldly perspective, like they're trying to change me and you get all scared and you run, but it's like, no, actually the Lord is probably sanctifying you through that person. And so Adam and I are not compatible completely for each other, but we have a lot in common that we've grown to love. Um, like if you know anything about me, I'm a golfer and he is a D one basketball player. And so we love sports, but basketball, I'm like not the best at that, but he picked up golf and bought golf clubs and now we're doing golf together. And so it's just like learning how to be compatible with that person. Yeah, I think that's really good advice. And if we were all compatible, if we married our compatible people, then it would be boring because it would be all the same. Right. I mean, (laughs) and and yeah, and you're like, I think the biggest lie you think too in marriage, um, even engagement, or you can do dating too. It's just like, I'm dating the wrong person or I'm engaged to the wrong person or fearfully I'm married to the wrong person. And I read a book, Meaning of Marriage by Tim Keller, and I recommend that to everybody. But in there, Tim Keller's like, the day one of marriage or week one, you're going to think I married the wrong person because Satan's, you know, out to steal, kill and destroy you. And so week one, this guy's amazing. And I'm like, I married the wrong person. Oh my gosh, we just had a tiff. Like the world's over and it's just not true. So, um, I think that that's where Satan comes in, but it's like, yeah, of course, Adam is completely different than me and I'm completely different from him. And like, that's the beautiful part. We have to grow together and challenge each other to be more refined in Christ. Yeah. I'm really glad that you said that because I feel like anybody who listens to this, will definitely get some eye-opening views on what to look for now and not look for a person who's exactly like them because, I mean, I wouldn't want to marry a man who's exactly like me, and I'm sure the opposite too. So I think that's really good advice is you're not going to be compatible. I mean, compatible in ways, but not fully. So I think that's really good advice. For sure. It'd be terrifying if I married the male version of me because we would not get along at all. (laughs) I have enough of my own self in my day. I'm good. (laughs) Yeah, I agree. Um, So have you ever had like a special God moment? And what did that look like? Yes. Um, Yeah, I would say instantly, I think of when I came to Christ, um, which again was when I was 11 years old. And so my parents were divorced. It was a really rocky marriage when I was little. And so I um, actually my grandma came into my town, my small town in Troy, Missouri. It's a farm, farm town and um, not a lot of people there, but she came and moved there because my family was breaking up a little bit and I was really close with her. And she kind of took me under her wing and she said like, Hey, do you want to go to church with me? And I'm like, Oh, I've never gone to church. I think I went once for an Easter service and I was like five or six or something. So, um, she invited me to church and I did not know what to wear. I'm like, okay, I'm going to put on a turtleneck and dress pants. Cause it was like 2008 <laughs> and I'm going to go to church with her. It's honestly, like it was so crazy. I walked in and it's like old church pew, not contemporary. Like it is in most churches today, but it's church pew in a choir. And they were singing, um, a song called Lord God almighty. And I remember I was sitting down and they go, okay, everyone, stand and sing and I like could not stand up like they're like stand up for worship and I couldn't stand it was this weird feeling and that was the first time I ever think I felt the Holy Spirit totally um and I knew exactly what it was when it happened like I was in church and I was just felt heavy and I like anytime I feel the Holy Spirit I either cry or I feel really like heavy and it feels like something like a 50 pound weight is on top of me in a good way it's like you're hugged or something so I felt this weight and I couldn't stand up to sing. It was weird. And I like looked at my grandma and I was like, I can't stand up. And she like winked at me and she goes, I know. And she knew the Holy Spirit was like happening. And then I just started bawling and I'm like, oh my goodness. And so obviously then I was like praying, you know, Lord, like I gave you my life and 
totally accepted the Christ there. And right after that service, I like ran up to the front. They're like, is anybody here, you know, like an altar call? <laughs> Want to accept Christ as a Lord and Savior? And I just ran out there. I'm like, me, definitely. Like, this is real. You know, I've never experienced Christ in this way. And for me, it was just really tangible in that moment. And I think I hold on to that in my thoughts when I feel like I'm far from God. Because I'm like, no, he's like right here. And then you can feel the Holy Spirit in that way. That is amazing. That's so cool. Just ever, just anything like that. That just you, you would think that. Oh wait, she's totally lying. Like that would never happen. But like real yeah. things like that, when you cannot move because you know it's the Holy Spirit. That's just like bone chilling. Yeah. That is amazing. I'm so glad that you had that moment. That was oh my gosh. I'm just imagining what that would feel like. I think that would be really cool. It was weird because it's like. I should be able to stand up. I know how to stand, obviously, and then you can't. Like, your body just feels so heavy. And that, to me, I've never experienced something like that again. But anytime I do feel the Holy Spirit in prayer, or if I'm, even if it's a happy moment, I literally just tear up because I'm like, oh, like, there's something inside of me, like, moving. And I've had a couple people say, like, I don't know if I've accepted Christ or if I've experienced God. And I'm like, well, is there any instances where you've felt that he was near you or, you know, and they're like, I just sometimes feel heavy. And I've heard that from other people. So I know I'm not crazy, but I'm just like, other people feel this like heaviness and this weight. And it's almost like they're hugging you. And so I remember my home life wasn't the best when I was a kid. And in that moment, it just felt like the Lord, I remember it almost audibly, but it just seemed like he was saying like, you're home, you know, and like you're safe here. And I was like, wow. And so I just never wanted to leave. And then I became, you know, involved in the church group and got baptized. And so, yeah, that's amazing. Um, that's amazing. I'm so happy for you. That's awesome. Yeah. Um, so this is an interesting question because everybody obviously has different answers. But what do you think is the best and hardest part of having faith in the Lord? Yeah. Um, I will start with the hardest um, and on a good note. But I think the hardest thing is like opposite of what I just said. I think the Lord isn't tangible at times and I don't feel the heaviness. I don't feel him near me. I don't feel him working. Um, certain life instances, I don't see him doing anything in it. And I'm just like, Lord, where are you at? You know? And I think everybody gets that time in their life, but not being able to physically see him bothers me a lot. And I think I'm like, if he was just here, I could talk to him. And I don't know why I think that way because he is. And so because he's, you know, omnipotent and all these things, I just can't see him or feel like I can get coffee with him and talk to him about something and get a response back. I have to like, wait, you know? And I think that's the point, um, and that's the reason why we have faith. But um, I think that is the hardest thing for me. But then the the best, I feel like, first and foremost, I'm never alone. You know, um, there'd be quiet times where I feel like Satan's like, you're alone in this. Nobody feels this way. Um, you know, whether that be like body shaming or just, you know, questioning life sometimes or just thinking about why am I here? Why am I doing this? And having those dark thoughts. And it's just like, you're never alone and the Lord's right there with you. And um not only are you not alone, but other people and other believers are also going through that with you too. And so, um, and then the biggest thing too, is like the Lord has been through every temptation that we have and walked through it, you know, stronger. And so I think that that's encouraging from scripture. Secondly, I'd say like, I'm never forsaken. And for some reason, I always have this analogy of like a rug. I feel like the Lord, like something great happens to me and I'm like, okay, what's the catch Lord? Like, thank you. But where's the rug? And I feel like there's just this rug that's going to be pulled out for me. And I think, Maybe some people listening to this would, you know, feel that personally, but it's like in childhood or with relationships or family or things like that, the rug was always pulled out. I never was like given a awesome thing just 
because it was great. I had to earn it. You know, I had to get straight A's to get all these things or I had to be this athlete and I had to be this person. And it was never just like, Hey, I love you for you. No matter what, you know, even with an F on a paper, or even with you lost the championship, like it, it just wasn't that way. And so I always feel like with the Lord, he gives me these blessings and I can't receive them. And so, um, but it's great because he doesn't have a rug and he's not going to pull that out. Um, and then lastly, I would just say like, uh, we were promised eternal life. And so just having that hope amidst all the tragedy of the world. And especially this year, it's just things that seem so hopeless. It's like, nope, we've got Christ and like our, this is not our home, obviously. So, um, just knowing that gives me some extra boost in my day for sure. And yeah. Yeah. I like that. And I totally understand what you feel about him not being physically here because I'm the same way. I wish he was physically here so I could, like you said, get a drink with him, um, get some coffee, just talk about life and, like, why is this happening? And I feel like because I am, I was blessed with being an overthinker. I overthink all the time, which I feel is my downfall, but then I feel is a good thing because I care a lot. That I'm just like, okay, well, I have to relax myself and say that it's going to be okay. I'm in this position for a reason, but I can't lose my faith just because it gets hard. And I feel like the whole rug thing that you said, like, oh, expecting something else to be there. I feel like that's a good analogy because I feel like you're obviously not the only one that feels that. And I feel that in my hardest moments, I got to find something to learn from so that I can become stronger. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, so I was a really, I liked that rug analogy. That was a good one. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> um, it's an original. <laughs> no, yeah. Cause I relate to it so much. I totally understand yeah. what you're saying. Um, so when was the last time that you felt in your heart by God that you needed to make a change and what did that look like? Yes. Good question. Again, I feel like the Lord is always constantly trying to change me and I hate it sometimes. I'm like, okay, you know, can we just have a Monday? I don't need this. Um, but I think that's what Christianity is all about. And like sanctification is so beautiful and not, you know, not being who you were yesterday, even and like just constantly growing in Christ. But I think the most recent instance and that comes to mind is locationally and just like, um, I just feel a big discontentment living in Missouri right now. And I have felt that for like a year. And so change wise, I think like from a physical standpoint, my husband and I both feel this like urge to like get out. And it's weird because we're like, Oh, we need to pray about being content. We need to pray about being more content in this. And we need to be grateful. And we are, and we're like, Lord, thank you for all these gifts. And like, thank you for a roof over our heads and this food and like uh, these college degrees and these jobs and just everything that's great going on. Um, but at the same time, we feel a restlessness. And so we kind of equate it to like being in the harbor. And we heard, we listened to the sermon about being in the harbor and it's just like a waiting period. Like God's just like getting you ready and equipped to do something that he's calling you to do. And we both feel that way. And so I think the biggest change we knew was coming was like a location. And so we would pray alone and together about where we want to go. And, um, in June we were moving to Oklahoma, which it's not, you know, some dreamy, awesome California or like a beach town, but it's, uh, it's Oklahoma and it's great. And it's Tulsa is where we're going to go. But the Lord definitely opened up doors for us to go there financially and just with career wise and families down there and friends. And so a great church community. And it's just very obvious we should be there. And so now I have like insurmountable peace because I'm like, oh, wow, like the Lord answered our prayer. And it wasn't where I wanted to go. I wanted to be in Colorado in the mountains. Um, but it's funny how God works. He's like, no, you're going to the flattest land ever. And so <laughs> we, 
Um, but I think the Lord just caused me to feel that change. And so fast forward, he's just done a work. And I think that's physical, but, you know, emotionally, I would say change is hard because I'm like, oh, the way I operate is great. And when you're single or when you don't have a roommate or if you're just not around family all the time for someone to keep you accountable, you think that what you do is awesome. And so then you get married and the person you're married to is like, hey, these are some flaws I see in you. And I'm like, what? Those are flaws? Like, oh. <laughs> so I think um, specifically, you know, in the past couple of weeks, my husband just approached me and was like, hey, like you need to work on you know patience and gentleness. And I'm like, what? Okay, like, yeah, I know I probably need to always work on like the fruits of the spirit, but I think the past couple of weeks they've just been praying over the fruits of the spirit, which Galatians 5, 22, 23, love, joy, peace, forbearance, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. And I can tell you I lack in all of those. Um, I love the word joy and I feel like I try to embody that all the time. Obviously, I lack joy in some moments, but I think the ones that I forgot about would be, you know, gentleness and just kindness which goes with like patience and um self-control too and so I think just change wise the Lord's still working on me to incorporate that more in my marriage and just how I speak to people and how I speak to myself and just um being a more patient person and, and gentle yeah um well first of all congrats on finding a place that you're going to hey, move thank to you. <laughs> obviously he's putting you in that direction so I think it's going to be great to live there and um make some new friends and obviously a good church community that's really cool and um yeah I'm just excited for wherever you're going and that was really good advice too on where you're at and what you need to be and actually learning and praying on what you need to um how to become a better person and just praying about where you need to be at this time and why and actually living for the Lord and tell and listening to what he's telling you so I think I mean, that's amazing that you found a place and you guys are compatible and wherever um, you guys are trying to go. So I think you guys are going to have so much fun. Obviously, it's a little different than St. Louis, yep. but I think either way, you'll have some good good times. It'll be an adventure for sure, and I'm, I'm excited. I know that like when you're doing something that you know you're called to do or that the Lord has a hand in, it's just like so peaceful. Yeah. I think that if we were packing our baggage to Colorado, it would have been forced. One, we can't afford it. You know, all these things. And you think, um, oh, this is the life I want. And I think that that's like the idea of media and keeping up with the Joneses and wanting to have this background in your photos. It's a mountain and not an Oklahoma hill. Um, but I think that, you know, following the Lord, I think that he will bless that. I'm, I'm praying so. And so I'm excited. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, you should be. That's amazing. That's You never know. It could be like so much more fun than the mountains could be. Right. Watch yeah. me talk, and I, I'm living there. I bought a house for 20 years. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, really. Oh, my gosh, that's funny. Um, so I got two questions left. So is there – we kind of just touched on that, too, um, kind of the same question, but is there anything else that you feel like God's tugging on your heart right now? Any, any – um, just anything else besides where to move? Yeah. Um, I think a big thing, which for me, I've always struggled – severely in high school and pretty badly in college and now I think the Lord's done a great work but anxiety and I know that everyone has a different level of anxiousness that they carry um and there's obviously scripture on that in Matthew 6 which I've been clinging to um for the past week and I would just say that anxiety stems from just a lack of trust for me with the Lord and so right now on my heart I feel like the Lord is just saying 
look at the birds. And I know it's in scripture, it's in Matthew 6. And so Adam and I actually went to Nashville and we were with family for like a whole weekend and it was awesome. And on our way back, there was just like buzzards over the highway. And I like looked up and I was like thinking about Matthew 6 and how he just says like, I feed the birds, like how much more valuable are you to them? Like, of course I'm going to feed you and I'm going to clothe you. Like, I know you need all these things. And so um, I was looking at the birds and that scripture came to mind and I said to Adam, I'm like, isn't it crazy how they're just up there like waiting for roadkill that we're about to hit, you know? And they're like, the Lord provides, like he literally will cause an animal to probably go in front of our car and it sucks because your headlights out, but he fed the bird, you know? Yeah. <laughs> and so it's crazy to think about roadkill or a buzzard above you. But I was just like, wow, like, I just feel like the Lord used that as a lesson for me. Like you're toiling, you're spinning, Um, but I'm going to feed you and I'm going to clothe you and like, I'm going to provide and just watch what I do and just trust. And so instead of running around and me forcing all these things and feeling like I can control my life, I feel like it's just more of a quiet again, like patient, especially with the Lord, patient and gentleness with the Lord Yeah, going to provide and just trusting that he'll come through. And so I think he's just asking me to do that and I'm trying to just be still. Yeah, I think that's all you can do, and that's all anybody can do is be still and wait until he gives you whatever you need for sure. Um, So my last question is, do you just have any last pieces of advice, little bits that you'd just like to share, something on your mind that you'd think everybody would benefit from? Hmm. Um, Honestly, I just, I think that, again, it goes back to trust, and I think that's where it starts. That was my word for the year last year, I always try to create a word. And I think that that's good advice too. I know I, I got that from Sadie Robertson. She makes a word for her whole entire year and just kind of proclaim, proclaims that throughout. And my word being 2018 was joy. And then like 2019 was steadfastness. And then uh, 2020 was trust. And it's just funny because the, the year of full like untrust in the Lord where he challenged me in that. But I think proclaiming a word over your year or month or week, whatever it is, and like finding scripture to back that up and just like repeating it to yourself over and over again has been helpful for me. And I think it, everything that we face sin wise or just anxious wise or anxiety or anybody struggling with that, it's just like, it all goes back to trusting the Lord and knowing that he's got you and he's not going to again, pull that rug out and he's not here to harm you. He's here to, um, give you life and give it to the full. And so that, that would be my two cents. Yeah, I think that's good advice. And I also watched um, Sadie Robertson as well. And my I never started like a word until this year. Um, and I actually have two, which one of them happens to be trust. And then the other awesome. one, the other one is forgiveness too, because I feel like um, we can have so much hatred against other people and just all of this built up mindset against other people and just letting go and forgiving those people is like a weight lifted off your shoulder which I've definitely forgiven some friendships um and just let it go because we don't need to have this negative energy um so I think definitely the word of the year or month or whatever is definitely a good thing um to keep in mind um just that's great you're already doing it you don't even need my advice (laughs) no I mean I just I didn't know um but I think all of this great advice that you've given me in the past half hour has been amazing. And I know that a lot of people who listen are going to benefit from it. So thank you so much for being on the podcast. I hope you enjoyed it. Loved it. Yeah. Thank you for having me. <laughs> yeah. Um, so I'm going to end in prayer. Okay. Um, dear Lord, thank you for Miranda for giving all of this great advice and showing um, us how to live for you and to learn and to have patience in you and Thank you for everybody who listens. I pray that everybody gets something great out of this. I know I did, and I'm probably going to listen to it again and again because I know there's so many good bits of information that I can 
keep in my mind. And I want to pray over her and her husband that whenever they move to Oklahoma, they have a great life and they meet some good people. And just thank you for everything that you give us. Amen. Amen.